Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the Review of Death, your weekly Doctor Who podcast where we talk about Doctor Who and news and in this case, the latest episode of Doctor Who, which aired yesterday. Doctor Who Flux. Doctor Who Flux. How good does it feel that everybody like loves Doctor Who at the moment? I was thinking this this morning, I was looking at my timeline and apart from maybe one or two responses from people, generally speaking, everybody's bloody loving it. The only people that I'm getting replies from saying they don't like it are exactly the kind of people that you would expect. Yeah. Just contrarians. Yeah. Union Jack flags in their bios, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't things that, you, you know, you can say, you can have misgivings about the story and yeah. Flux as a whole. But it just feels so good that people have just gone like, that was great, can't wait for more, and everybody's just like super up for it, so. Everyone's on the same page. I know. Which feels like the sort of first time in, I don't know, like a decade. Yeah, (laughs) literally. Yeah, it's Well, it's certainly the first time since this kind of discourse about about Doctor Who has been like a high pitch or like, you know, a fever pitch. It feels like this is the first time that everybody's actually kind of rallied around it and gone, yeah. no, this is really good. And like, you know, like I posted about it on Instagram today and half of me was going, I just want to celebrate how good this is. But the other half of me is like, watch it. Yeah. It's really good. And, yeah. like, and also, you know, it, it deserves the, the viewing figures. It deserves higher viewing figures it than it may actually be getting. Yeah, this is the sad thing. I was like, oh, now, if only all that could just be put... I mean, I think the viewing figures are fine. Like, uh, it was still, like, what, the, like, n- the most... Ninth, ninth most, most watched show of the week or yeah, whatever. Which yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, it beat our Emma Dale and, and all, all that crap. Stuff. So, yeah. you know... It's still getting... It was 3.9 or 3.8 Yeah, so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was down, like, half a million, I think, mm, from the mm. week before. Um, but then again, you've got to think... It was bonfire night weekend I, with I, people going out. To I think more people like would have been out to do that kind of stuff than they would have been the weekend before to yeah. do Halloween. Yeah. Um, do we know what the seven day is for last week's story? Uh, I'm not have, sure. That might have come out. Today, might have just but... been shy of six million. Maybe. Okay. I think. Okay. I don't know. I'll, yeah. With, without wanting to start the review on a downer, do you think it's possible that Doctor Who could drop below three mil for an overnight this year? <sighs> I don't think so. No. I'd be shocked. I'd be really shocked, especially with like the buzz that's yeah. going around it. But is that just amongst us? Does everybody else think that this is way worse than stuff they were doing last year? Oh, I don't know. Like the general public. Do the, are the general public watching this and going, this is crap? But just Doctor Who fans are going, this is really, really good. I mean, perhaps it's just that the general public have 
you know, they've been presented with all of these awful headlines about mm. Doctor Who's woke, Doctor Who's this, and all that kind of crap, that they just aren't going near it. So mm. even if they did switch it on, they're not even switching it on at all. Yeah. That, that, because of that, not because of... That's a really interesting discussion yeah. as well. Like, how low does it go before you go, all right, that is the baseline only Doctor Who fans are watching now. Yeah. So you can only build on that. What does that number actually look like? Is yeah. It, is it two million? Is it one and a half million? Are there one and a half million diehard Doctor Who fans that will watch every single week yeah. live? And the rest of them are just members of the general public. Yeah. It would be really interesting to know those kind of analytics. Like mm. to see how low it would go before it's just Doctor Who fans watching. Because yeah. it can't did, be the case. Did you watch it live? I did watch it live. Wow. Yes. I managed didn't, just again. watch it live. We were just about to watch it live. Yeah. And mum was like, oh, I've got quite a few things that I need to do. I was like, what? She's like, well, she's like, oh, it's all right. You carry on watching it. I'll watch it on my own later. And Johnny was like, no, 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 no. We'll just, we can watch it later. Johnny! I was like, fine, fine. We'll watch it later. <sighs> so I was there just like... I know. Scratching at the bloody armchair. I, I had to get up and get something out of the oven while the previously was on. Ah, right. And that was annoying. <laughs> um, it is frustrating. I remember once during the RTD years, like I missed the pre-titles bit. And I just got in and for whatever reason, and God, that annoyed me for the whole the whole episode. I was thinking, I've missed like, I know it's only like a minute. You can watch it tomorrow morning on, on <laughs> yeah. BBC3 though. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, before we start, we should say, um, we should probably say who we are. Oh, yeah. we do that every time. Hello, I'm Matthew. This is well, Billy. Hopefully we have lower thirds yeah, with we'll our have names lower on thirds. them. Unless you're listening to this as a podcast, then you'll, you won't have a clue. In which case it's, it's completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, so we should say who we are. Yes, thanks very much. Hello. And we should also say that very sadly this week we lost a big member of the Doctor Who family. Yeah. Uh, Bob Baker, co-creator of K9 and the writer of, I think, all but one of the original Wallace and Gromit movies. I think movies, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, has, has passed away. Yeah. And Bob was with us on Doctor Who on Twitch. Yeah, in this very room. In this room, sat opposite this sofa. Yeah. And... Um, I knew his granddaughter and, you know, like, you know, all love to, to them and stuff. And it was just really, really sad. Yeah. Like, you know, there aren't many people that have had that much of a significant impact on Doctor Who that are still around. No. And, and I think really, you know, everybody loves and praises Bob's work, but it's only when somebody's gone, you think, God, the impact they left, the legacy, yeah. you know, outside of Doctor Who and obviously within the confines of this silly show. Yeah. Is massive. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because when it was announced, uh, I went, oh gosh, Bob Baker's died. And my um, head of department sat next to me was like, oh, who, who's died? And I said, oh, this big Doctor Who writer created K9. I said, oh, but he wrote all of Wallace and Gromit. He's like, I thought Nick Park created Wallace and Gromit. I said, he, well, he, he came up with the characters, mm. I said, but Bob Baker wrote all the stories. And he's like, oh, wow. He's like, gosh, that's a shame. I know. Like, so it's like, oh, I'm glad that people outside of the Doctor Who world can appreciate. Him. It's a, it's a, it's a. That's an accolade. That's a, that's a credit that just goes completely unnoticed. Yeah. Like you know, K9 and the kind of the rights of K9 have always been like. There's an Alan Partridge joke about K9. <laughs> yeah, that I think it, it's it's when he does. Um, he's doing this like fake TV interview. Right. And he says, "Oh, I've just bought the rights to uh, to K9, Doctor <laughs> Who's uh, robotic dog assistant," and. 
K9 existed in a kind of bubble of its own yeah. for the longest time. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why we didn't see him a lot in Sarah Jane Adventures, yeah. and obviously there was the Australian spin-off and, and Time Quake and all that kind of stuff. But centrally, Bob Baker was responsible for some of the most important moments in Doctor Who's history. The first ever multi-Doctor story yeah. was co-written by Bob Baker. Yeah. You know, and the, the story that introduced K9, obviously, you know, the, the Invisible Enemy, is a, is a good story, I think, within its own right. I think yeah. that's a lot of flack. Yeah. But it introduces K9. Yeah. That's like a seminal moment in Doctor Who's history. Yeah. And he was there right through it, you know. And apologies for what we said, Bob, about uh, Underworld uh, <laughs> <laughs> earlier in this run of podcasts. But um, yeah, we just thought it was it was probably right to, yeah. to say something about yeah. the good man. And, and it's nice that... Um, his own solo Doctor Who story, Nightmare of Eden, is going to be out on Blu-ray at the end of the year. Very soon. On the season 17 set, so that's nice. Really cool. Yeah, so yeah, very sad. Very sad. Right, so, on a lighter note. Oh, and of course, oh, of actually. Course. Yeah. Well, as we were talking about Sontarans, he wrote Sontaran Experiment, didn't Sontaran he? Experiment. Yeah. The other really, really great Sontaran. Now, I, I saw a couple of people talking about this. Right. Do you think this... Because we're now going to review War of the Sontarans, chapter mm. two of Doctor Who Flux. Do you think this is the best ever on-screen depiction of the Sontaran race? Not necessarily an individual Sontaran. Oh, for sure. I can't believe <laughs> we've just seen that last night. Yeah. How crazy is that for a villain that's been around for such a long time that we think we know the score, we think we know what the stories are like and how yeah. they're going to be interpreted on screen. It it was just like, that. this is the Sontaran story we've always been told yeah. about. And what they've always said to have been like in yeah. battles and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Not tripping over sun loungers. Not in tripping the over sun loungers or talking about their tit milk. We actually, oh we actually see them yeah. being warmongers yeah. and being aggressive and being tribal and, and killing each other. Properly, yeah, properly ruthless. Properly, properly ruthless. ruthless. They were so good. And props to the new, I mean, props to Dan Starkey. He did a great job as his um, Sontaran. But to the main dude... Jonathan Watson. Jonathan Watson. Skak and Riscor. He did Riscow. a really great job, and I thought he did a really good job of differentiating the two. I know he was like more Scottish as one, and yeah. slightly less Scottish as the other. Yeah. But he did a really good job, and obviously you know, the prosthetics were different. Mm. But um, yeah, it was, it was really great. And you know, I liked that they used him and Dan Starkey sort of interchangeably between like voices of the troopers and yeah. stuff because they're a clone race you know it, make, it, makes, it makes perfect sense, sense. I, th I think he may may have needed a, a more of a significant prosthetic change I think is the other I just, yeah. I just I I mean obviously I was watching it both times knowing okay this is supposed to be a different Sontaran yeah. I know they're a clone race I know that kind of sounds like a silly thing to say. Yeah. But I just think there needs to be maybe like a different tone of skin. Yeah. Or something that was just significantly different enough. More like a styre. Yeah. Styre to a lynx. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of, because he's got that kind of green kind of clay kind of yeah. coloured head, you know. Something like that would have been cool. But um, my God, like we've, one of the best ever Sontaran stories was on last night. Yeah, this is it. I That's keep, crazy. I, I keep thinking to myself, I was like, well, it was certainly better than the Poison Sky Sontaran stratagem. Mm -hmm. And it was certainly better than the two doctors. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I like the Sontaran experiment, but. Are you going to say this is better than the Sontaran experiment? I don't know. I wouldn't go. As, as an episode overall? I mean, it was bloody good. Oh! It's really good. I really enjoyed it. And even Jonathan really enjoyed it. Like, again, we sort of ended it, and he was like, that was really good. That was really good. And he even said, because I, I said, I really enjoyed Jodie Whittaker in this one. I said, I thought she was really good. And he mm -hmm. said, 
Yeah, he said, I thought she was really good in this one as well. And he said, shame she hasn't had no, that I know. same sort of material. I think it's this whole thing. I said it in previous videos before we did this as a podcast. I kept saying, your doctor is only as good as your villains. And I think this right. is why it, series 11 Flux didn't work. Is wor and Flux is working. And Flux is working. And I think that's why she was good in stories last year. Because mm. she was, I thought she was really good against the master and against a shard or yeah. whatever his name, the Cyberman. When she's got a good baddie. This is the thing. Yeah. When she has those one-on-one -on -one confrontations, yeah. she always shines. Yeah. Even if it's in a scene, you know, like the, the, the Dalek scene in Resolution. Yeah. That kind of back and forth. She's always exceptional in those kind of, right, I'm the Doctor, let's have a, yeah. let's have a parlay. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. all those scenes where yeah. she's fronting up and she's being the Doctor. Uh, and she has a good foe to, to buck up against. Yeah. She's exceptional. Yeah. I think that's where her Doctor... Her performance as the Doctor shines. That mm. and individual conversations with companions when it gets a bit real and it gets a bit sort yeah. of, you know, the stuff with Yaz last week and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I think she's at her best when, well, yeah, what, what, what is that? What is that trait of hers? Yeah, that, yeah. Sort of undefinable, isn't it? Mm, and I like her, her sort of vulnerability when, you know, all the stuff's <coughs> going wrong with the TARDIS at yeah. the beginning of the story when she tries to go into the TARDIS and the doors have gone. Oh, which is so great. That was a great that, shot. So cool. I mean, I love that. It looks beautiful, the TARDIS illuminated yeah. on the battlefield. Oh, some great shots in this story. It just looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. And the CGI was so good. You know, all the Sontaran ships looked amazing. I loved that the design department had gone back to the Sont uh, Sontaran experiment uh, logo yeah. on the uh, inside of Steyer's door on his ship and that was on the flags uh -huh. it's just a tiny little detail but it came back I was like oh, it's it, good it, I, but it didn't feel like that way that Stephen Moffat would go here's a classic TARDIS console room yeah. where it's kind of like he's jangling keys in front of you and distracting yeah. you from the plot ignore the plot kind of yeah. thing and, and I will say <clears throat> before we get into sort of the beat by beat sort of breakdown of it there absolutely was not enough plot within the Sontaran Crimean War Mary Seacole conceit to sustain 50 minutes to an hour no and I but I think this is where Flux is really coming into its own is where it gives you a really distilled dose of that story like a yeah. Cliff Notes version yeah. of it and it's almost like you have the first 25 minutes and it, obviously this is interspersed and sprinkled throughout but it's like you've got two 25 minute episodes of classic who yeah bolted together to make, you know, almost a two-part story because yeah. you've got all that stuff in the temple of blah, blah, blah. I've got it written down because I did some research on this. You've got all the stuff going on with Swarm, mm. all the stuff. I mean, there's a few a few threads that I think have been dropped that I think for casual viewers, they're now going to struggle if it suddenly comes back in episode three. Okay. Uh, which we can get into. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this all just ties into me. It, f it ties into, for me, the fact that Doctor Who has just become like a really satisfying program to watch week after week. Yeah. And it's really satisfying to celebrate it because with Jodie's portrayal, I felt very vindicated the last 24 hours because I'm al almost tempted to go, I fucking told you all. Yeah, She's yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, it, it might be that the material she was given, not necessarily from Chris Chibnall, not necessarily from any individual writer. Yeah. And it might just be the direction, it might just be the tone of the show at the time. Yeah. Didn't give her an opportunity to shine yeah. as regularly or for as long a period as she mm. has in these episodes. But I genuinely came away from that thinking, obviously the stuff with Swarm and the and the Flux stuff is, is cool on top of yeah. what I thought was a really good episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. 
And I've come away from most Jodie episodes feeling that way. Mm. So for me, it wasn't such a revelation yeah. that the last two weeks have been exceptionally good because yeah. they have been. For me, it's just been, that was a great episode as per usual, in my opinion, and the Flux stuff is awesome. And, I, and, I, and for that reason, the last 24 hours, I, I've just been feeling really, yeah, vindicated. It's just like, <laughs> like I, I know the quality of the stuff. If you compare this to like, you know, you know Orphan 55, yeah. everybody beats that story over the head. Yeah. And it you know, probably isn't overly fair to do so. No. But there is obviously a difference in, in quality, but there's also a difference in what it's trying to do. If you had Orphan yeah. 55 and then they cut away from it and it turned out we're on this planet and they're swarm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It would be it would be just as good mm. because the flux the components work so well. Yeah. And I, I think that's why, you know, yeah, like everybody's just been celebrating it because for the people that have been missing a certain thing, mm. the flux conceit and swarm and azure and now yeah. passenger, yeah. they're bringing all of that stuff that they feel have been missing f- through the Jodie Whittaker era. Yeah. But then Jodie Whittaker fans and Chris Chibnall apologists like myself are still getting what they liked this whole time as well. Just a, it's just working you know, on every win-win level. For everybody, it's a win-win it? for everybody. It's yeah. really cool. Um, what did you think of the previously? Did you think enough was covered there to kind of give people who maybe didn't watch last week It was very week quick, enough? wasn't it? Yeah. It was very quick. Um, obviously, it didn't matter to me as a sad mm. git who's watched it twice already. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, I did think, gosh, I mean, crikey, that was a lot from that episode to try and cram into a previously. In like 25 seconds. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't blame them for that no. at all. Um, I think someone complained about the resolution to the cliffhanger, but I thought that was quite clear that she was like, Well, oh. they had some kind of amnesia and they yeah, just Yeah, like, up we somewhere. were hit by the flux and they were obviously displaced in time. I was a little bit confused by that, I have to say, because the, I, I think what I'm confused about is the physical and the temporal. Yeah. Like space and time and the way that's yeah. working together. Because Yeah, because obviously we're seeing planets like disintegrating. And we know that... And, and, and so the Carvanista... I'm not buying this Carvanista... Uh, Lupari, sorry. I'm not buying the, the Lupari ships yeah. encasing Earth. I'm not buying that at all. No. And like the Sontarans snuck in just in time. So the flux is still having an effect because, but they, but, but surely when, when the flux happened, it wasn't affecting 1800s Earth. No. It was affecting Earth on that particular night yeah. on Halloween in Liverpool in 2021. Yeah. So they've gone back to prehistory. I guess they have taken over, but then none of those buildings in Liverpool would have been built and constructed. And the the Doctor specifically says, because I was waiting for the explanation to go, it's the flux. Yeah. The Doctor specifically says, this isn't enough. Like, this this is, the flux can't have anything to do with this. There's a a line in in the British hotel. Right. When she has her briefing with the commander. Yeah. And with Mary Seacole. She says, this can't be the aftershock of the flux for some particular reason. Oh, that's really annoying because that was literally where I paused it Mm. when I came to let you into the office. (laughs) She pointedly says it. She says, I don't think this is the effect of the flux. Right. And then she says, late, and then later we've got the Sontaran time ships. Yeah. So it is actually the Sontarans just going back in time. Yes. I, I'm, I, that is where the story, the story lost me. I think that's where the flux as a thing. I yeah. Just, I need to have more of a handle on what, what the rules of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, basically. Um, but where the bloody hell is the Doctor at the start of this story? Well, my initial thought was Lung Barrow. Everybody's saying that. Yeah. But now, obviously, I've not read Lung Barrow. No, no, no. Um, but there's an illustration of it. 
Yeah. Nowhere Man on Twitter. I'm not sure where that's from. Yeah, I, and I, th- I, when I saw it, because Jonathan was like, oh, I wonder what that is. And I said, oh, I reckon that's Lungbarrow. And he was like, what? I said, oh, you know, the ancestral home of the Doctor. Yeah. And I said, I'm pretty sure it is meant to be all weird and janky and a yeah. bit muddled. I could be talking nonsense. Like I yeah. said, I've never read it. But for some reason... I feel like that is a thing. I saw a photo, I saw uh, somebody uploaded on Twitter a, a drawing of Lungbarrow, and it is that, basically. Right. And it's floating, I think. And oh, right. It's sort of on a mountain over the river Lung or something. And it, but it looks a bit more fairy tale in, in, in the illustration. Um, but yeah, or, or is that just like where the doctor goes like a mind palace type thing mm. is it is it not as literal as that is a place that she's been before in her life you know i guess I, I guess are these memories being unlocked or yeah she's learning more about her past yeah. and all that sort of stuff i assume i assume that it's memories being unlocked mm. um and perhaps maybe there was a significance to it being in black and white is it like a signifier to or this is like hartnell days is this sort of are we going to see young young Billy Hartnell? Quite possibly. It's it. What's interesting? Yeah, go on. Is that during the press for I can't remember if it was series eleven or series twelve, mm. but it was a comic con. Mm. Someone asked Chris Chibmore. Chibmore. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I was like, that right. <coughs> that's not so his I, name. That's not his name. Someone asked Chris Chibnall, um, "Will Looms be a part of the new series?" And he was like, oh, okay, well, not this year, but that's all to do with Lung Barrow and stuff. I've never read it. And then, obviously, this happened last night, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if this was something that he had planned. He was like, oh, I'll put Lung Barrow mm. in it. Mm. I wonder if he was there on that day thinking, shit. It's <laughs> that, but but it, it is that level of Doctor's backstory, history of Gallifrey. We're going back right to mm. the dark times by the looks of it, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. We're going right back to the beginning of Timeless Society. We did that last year with the Timeless Children, pretty much. Yeah. But now we're on this planet called Time. Time, yeah. And I've now, some people are saying, is this actually where the Doctor's from? Yeah. You know, like, is this where the Timeless Children came from? Yeah. That, you know, uh, Tetuan or whatever the, the name was. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of. Uh, Tectaeun. Tectaeun, that's it. They, they harvested these children or whatever. Yeah. Is this where they're all from? Yeah. And, uh, but then, you know, what are, what are the Maori? Yeah, it's, so... It's so interesting. I think, from what I can gather, so they, the, from the dialogue of those little pyramid yeah, things... Yeah, um, Which we, sound like John Leeson. Yeah, well, it's the, I d- thought it was John it's, it's the guy from the Leisure Hive, uh, the scientist guy, um... <laughs> Oh, God. The guy who's doing all the temporal experiments in the Leisure Hive. Pangle. No, not Pangle. The human man. Oh, oh, oh right. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah. him. He's doing the voice. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I think it was Guy Lambert posted it on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, I knew he was going to be in this episode, and I didn't realise it was that I meant to voice. write his name down, and I forgot. Oops. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's doing the voices. Uh, and Jonathan said, oh, these little pyramid things remind me of the Megara from Stones of Blood. Because, right. you know, they've got that very quick sort of clipped way of talking yeah, and yeah, they're a bit yeah. erratic and stuff uh, so I really liked them but there's something that they said in the dialogue about oh the like time flows through they're them. like a conduit they're a conduit I and I was thinking have these poor things that are clearly mm. they're imprisoned there mm. you know they have no real sentience or anything mm. of their own 
is that a Time Lord thing? Have the Time Lords... Because, you know, we know the Time Lords are fucking shits. Do we think that back in the dark times, do the Time mm. Lords go, oh, time's all a bit of a, a, bit of a cock up. Mm. To control it, we'll get these sentient beings who are very attuned to time They'd as a force. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll lock them in this place on the planet time, but we'll wipe it from everyone's memories, like with the timeless children. Right. Because that's a dirty secret. That's that a bit too dirty. We can't tell people about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gonna all. T- I think it must all be time Some, child it, it's related. Gotta, it's got to be. Yeah, because because otherwise there's no there's no like um, urgency in the doctor to discover yeah. the, the, the truth. Yeah, and and also it wouldn't be leading us to what seems like a very personal journey for mm. her. With you know all of these things are affecting her, and Swarm is talking to her. Yeah, um, like obviously he he has a confrontation with with Yaz and um, and Vinda later on, but. It's all centered around her, and mm. she's still. Everything's kind of the universe is still turning around her. Yeah, I, I I do like the fact that up until this point, though, we have had no real indication that the Doctor is the most important being in the cosmos. Yeah, yeah. in the same way that you know, every week Stephen Moffat was beating us over yeah. the head with the Doctor is the most important person. Everybody must save the Doctor, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it is nice to to be like, well, this is actually a personal story mm. for the doctor to kind of, to kind of get over that's that's a relief yeah. i think you know but I, I i do wonder you know i i've said before i'm not that keen on on knowing too much about the doctor's past no. but this is, is this so far back that it doesn't matter yeah this is it i don't know because it's not like we're watching the doctor growing up yeah in the academy no we're not gonna know? yeah yeah and i don't think we will i mm. think we'll skirt around that mm. um yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see where it goes mm. for sure. But did you hear two mentions of the division, but not in the context of division? No. The, so the 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 corporal commander, the the shouty shouty bloke with the the uh, funny hat in the Crimean War. Oh right. He was. Um, he mentions division. Okay. And division is mentioned late, ha, um, uh, when Yaz introduced herself as police officer. She says division. If she does. And the it. first time I I watched that scene. The way that Vinda reacts to it yeah. seemed like he was going, oh, right, I'm in a safe pair of hands here. Yeah. Even if he didn't hear the rest of it or understand the rest of it, yeah. he's just heard the word division. Oh. And he's like, okay, cool. I thought he was just like head over heels in love with well, Yaz. That was the, that I thought, I mean, that's yeah. probably what it is. But in my head, he's, I was like, oh, maybe he's like identified that he's, she's mentioned the division or, or, or something, yeah. something like that. And interesting that Azure and Swarm, they mentioned that having been there before. Oh, all, all of that, yeah. So... Yeah, we know that, again, this must be tied into mm. the Doctor's past life mm. as a Division agent or exactly. whatever she was. Um, yeah, interesting. And I think next week we'll probably get a few more answers. Well, the Division guns the... are in the, in the trailer, yeah, the same ones yeah, that yeah, were wielded yeah. by the people on the planet when Swarm yeah. broke free. And the Doctor's got a new coat. And the Doctor's got a new coat. That's a whole other deal. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, they arrive in the Crimean War scanning a downed soldier to work out where you are that bugged me like me and Johnny both went fucking put that screwdriver away any other doctor would have gone oh he's wearing such and such uniform it's such and such a weapon look at those flags yeah oh we're in the Crimea right but or or done that yeah that's like the doctor has literally done yeah. Jodie's doctor has done that before put this bloody screwdriver away <laughs> <laughs> oh my god if you'd broken that I would have been really upset it's not mine but I just think it's a waste of <laughs> Waste the, waste the money. Um, question. 
The TARDIS managed to get through the Lapari defences before the flux consumed it. Yes. So it's trapped behind the protective shield. But can it still travel in time? It's the same thing. That it's like, I'm not buying the whole... You know, They mentioned the three-minute eclipse later on. Yeah. And stuff like that. I've got no indication. I've got no gauge for like how long this has been going on for. Yeah. You know, nobody's reacted to the Lupari being there. Yeah. It, it, that just feels way too tangential. And it's like, well, we need to protect Earth because we need to keep coming back to yeah. Earth. So how many planets are we actually going to visit this year? Is it Earth and time? And then maybe Gallifrey eventually? Yeah. Because I thought, okay, it, you know, it's shot under COVID regs. Does it make sense to just set every story on Earth? And you just contain Earth. Oh, maybe. And everything, you, you fix the, the flux I mean, in in Earth yeah, in that bubble potentially. so you've got kind of a space to work in sort of thing That's but a, yeah. I mean obviously we're on we're on this other planet as well so yeah. I don't know maybe, maybe that was a, a workaround for why they keep coming back to Earth to do things yeah. or whatever but it, it just is not enough going on there for yeah, me yeah there, there, there were a few sort of leaps of logic with this that I didn't quite buy like it's only a really ridiculous things mm. nitpicky things mm. but like when Dan wakes up he's like oh, one minute I was on your TARDIS. And I was like, hang on a minute, you've only just heard what a TARDIS is. Yeah. You wouldn't be that familiar with the word TARDIS. You'd I be also, like, oh, I've I also your, don't I've... get, I've, I've, I've dealt with a lot of aliens these last couple of yeah, days. Yeah. Like, like, surely it's been a matter of hours. Yeah, this is the thing. I, I, I didn't buy that. You know, I don't buy the fact that Dan just seems incredibly comfortable with all this very quickly. I don't mind that. Do you I, know, I, 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 don't, I don't mind that for the, for the sake of the fact that it's a six episode miniseries. Yeah, and it I can needs, see why they've done it. It needs to crack on. Yeah. And um, I, I, th- I think he can get away with it because yeah. he is so amiable. Yeah. And he does just take things in his stride because that's just his attitude. Yeah. I, I don't mind that so much, but I can see why that might be yeah. a, a nitpicky thing for some people. Yeah. And the only other thing was that bit in the car when he's talking to his mum and dad and she's like, what's well, the, the probic vent? Even if some bloke did feckin' knock one out over yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would he know it was called a probic vent? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I guess we just need... The, the fans just need to hear probic vent. Because it gets obviously mentioned later on. I mean, if... If, if, if you just have just one said... word for everybody to describe the thing, because I think it might get confusing if, yeah. if people go, hole in the back of the neck. Is that the same thing as the probic vent they mentioned earlier? I don't know. Yeah. You know? See, I just thought, oh, just call it like the hole in the back of the neck, and then the doctor go, oh, the probic vent, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and yeah. that would be it. What did you think of Mary Seacole in this story? Yeah, she was good. I think she got, like, massively sidelined. She did a bit, like, didn't she? Like, she didn't do anything in the middle of the story. Yeah. And then and then when she does join the action again, yeah. she has maybe two or three lines of dialogue in that yeah. Sontaran ship. Yeah. And obviously it's just, like, she may as well not be there for that scene. Like, yeah. The Doctor may as well have sent her back to the British Hotel to and, work on the soldiers. Yeah. But then you also you need that reassurance from her that the Doctor is reacting to what the Colonel or the Brigadier General or whatever yeah. did in that moment to blow up the Sontaran ships. Yeah. Which was a nice little sort of Pertwee mm. brig sort yes. of like conflict thing. Yeah, I thought that, but that was good. Um, I, I, I thought you know, um, the actor was, was great and, and Mary Seacole being in the story was really cool. But I think it does speak to a wider thing in, in this series that it does feel like we're getting series 11 and series 12 episodes. Mm. That and and I I wrote it on Twitter that Swarm and Azure and Passenger have kind of crashed the party. Yeah. And that scene, I'm going to skip right to the end because I I I I really want to talk about that scene where Yaz meets Swarm for the first time. Yeah. Because watching it watching it live, I I was just like, 
This is like they've been having fun and games for the last two years. Mm. All the adventures that the 13th Doctor's gone on with Graham and Ryan and Yaz yeah. have been fun and games. And now they're actually coming up against something that is a legitimate threat. Mm. It's like they've walked in from another TV show. Yeah. And they've gone, playtime's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are going to start killing yeah. people and doing really, really horrible things. Yeah. And it was just, it was, uh, that scene was electrifying. Mm. And it speaks a lot to the performance of, uh, I forget his name, Paul. Samuel. Sam Spruel? Oh, yeah. Spruel? Yeah, Sam Spruel. Yeah. Um, His screen presence is something else. Yeah. Underneath all those prosthetics as well. Yeah. Every time, like, I wasn't expecting him to show up in this story because I thought, not not really. I just thought, oh, you know, I I think at the time I was just so in on the Sontarans. So then when he appeared, Mm. I went, ooh, brilliant. Easier. Yeah. And yeah, every time him and Azure, whenever they're on screen, you are just hooked. It's, it's they are so good. Mesmerizing. Yeah. And the the fact that I don't know if this speaks to the 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 um priest uh triangles being quite cool as like a design and yeah. affable in their kind of, you know, vocal performance. Or if it's that they're so evil that when Azure disintegrates that first thing, I was like, that she might as well have actually killed like a ca- any other character on screen. Yeah. And we don't really know these things. We've we've no. been on this world for forty minutes. Yeah, don't really care. It's it's, it's a mechanical character that spouts dialogue. Yeah, but when the both both times they were killed, it was like you bastards. Yeah, it was because it was so needless. Yeah, like it, why it, did they're, you? They're you just didn't need wiping to kill that. things out for the sake of it. Yeah, and that's dangerous. Yeah, because they could turn around to Dan at any point and just go bang. Yeah, this is and it. Thanos the fuck out of him, yeah. and he's gone. You know, he had Yaz's face. Yeah. There. And you, Nobody you, you just... touches a Doctor's companion like that. Yeah. Especially these days as well. Especially these days. Yeah, it's just... And her response to him as well was like a proper get your hands off yeah. me. And he's not... He's, he, he'll kill you. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I put it on Twitter. I think, and I said it to Johnny and he agreed, I think they are the best Doctor Who villains we've had since the 80s. Since... We should, mean, we, I, should we say like Shara's Jack? Shara's Jack, that's what I said to Johnny. I said, I can't think of a, a baddie that is on sort of Just on par. absolutely electrifying. Every single time they're on screen, you soak up every line of dialogue. Yeah. I think a few people Just on Twitter didn't quite understand what I meant because they were like, oh, what about the Weeping Angels? No, they're monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are proper people that the Doctor can have a dialogue like, with and a conversation Obviously the Master with. is on like another level. The Master level, is, yeah. But you're like, like you know... I, I'm putting this above the Rani. Yeah. I'm putting this above any one-shot deal villain that I'm, was actually quite impressive. Bollocks to it. I think Swarm is better than the Master mm. in the last... Well, in the new series. Full yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably in most of 80s Doctor Who. I take Swarm over Anthony Ainley's performance as the Master. It, yeah. Uh, he's, the the he's, Ainley incarnation. As much as we, we love that character. I mean, it's like, <laughs> isn't it? it I don't, I don't know what's happening though. I don't know what's happening. Have we been without Doctor Who through the pandemic for so long? That, I, no, it's not. That, it's that, not that. That discredits no. the show. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's just here we have two incredibly well written characters, <laughs> very, very well performed, fantastically designed. Yeah. And everything about them works. Yeah. 
I love the flamboyance of them. You know, their costumes are ridiculously I didn't ornate. quite get one of the poses that Swarm did against the Zero when he was... That oh, he was yeah. zipping yeah, he's and he's kind like, of just carrying like, his crotch in her. I didn't quite get that. Because no, I, I, I did say in the first episode, that I, maybe in this podcast, maybe we said it afterwards, there's a bit of like a... Are they like banging each other? Like, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. I know they're sisters. They're brother and sister. I know. That's what I mean. Oh fuck. Is there like a weird thing going on between them? Well, maybe. Who he knows? Just fully just thrusts his crotch into Azure when he's like warping around all over. Who the knows? It's an alien civilization. Anything goes. I, I mean, maybe sister means something different on their planet. Maybe. And, uh, unless they're. I mean, they friends. said there's like Swarm and Azure are translations. They said that. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, so and and passenger. Passenger. Yeah. I feel like that is such a different kind of name apart from them mm. and they mention translations it's like so are we gonna like find out what their actual names yeah. are in the end yeah who do you think passenger is do passengers come out of nowhere yeah and a lot of people are saying i feel like we've missed the scene where passenger sort of joins them mm. and obviously the first time we saw passenger and the only time we've seen passenger in promotional material or on location or in promo images was the stuff that was recorded in liverpool which involved um uh, John Bishop yeah. outside one of the big cathedrals in Liverpool. I think that's Di. Oh shit! <gasps> what? Who a... was the last person we saw them with? Oh my god! And they warped out of that cave, done something. We're gonna have fun with you. Done something really fucked up with her. Oh, and Billy, and that's Di. You, if you haven't knocked that <coughs> at the nail on the head. If that's not true, I'll give you a fiver. Because I, I, when somebody said on Twitter, I, you know, we haven't seen the scene that introduces oh Passenger, I'm like, I think we have. I think we, I think we saw that scene last week. God, you clever bastard. I just think it's so weird that the one character thread that didn't get continued from last week, and it was one of the last scenes yeah. set on Earth before the big cataclysmic, it was the last time we saw Azure, Azure and yeah, yeah, yeah. Swarm was that. And... They're wearing the same outfits, yeah. roughly. I, 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 feel, I think there has been a change in costume for Swarm, maybe. He seems like he's wearing more regal sort of clothing. It's the same outfit that he wore it is the when same he... Outfit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I fine. mean, he was okay. wearing, like, overalls, wasn't maybe he, when he was just, in prison? Yeah, okay, fine. Maybe it's just the lighting or something, I don't know. But um, I think I think Dai is, is, is passenger. that is a really good idea. And I, I just, like... You know, we don't obviously don't know what was being shot in Liverpool, but the yeah. fact that the only other scene we've seen Passenger involved in is with John, John Bishop's Bishop. character. I just I think there's something going on with Die and, and Passenger, oh, and, yeah. and that will be like a really crushing yeah. revelation. And I think and it, it will makes, be like totally irreversible or it, something mad like yeah, that. Yeah, and it makes sense. Why why else would that character be wearing a mask that would be easily removable? She's grown quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know what, I mean, if they can disintegrate people, why not, you know, you know, remolecularize their bodies to, you know, grow mass or whatever? And it wasn't... And an extra arm. I was going to say, maybe, you know, obviously equal opportunity casting and, you know, you, you, want, you want as diverse a cast as possible because it's representative of the UK, believe it or not, to have mm. disabled people in your programme. But maybe there's some kind of bargaining chip there, yeah, or something. I don't know. Maybe sure. we're reading that into that too much. But I just think, yeah, there's there's something about that fact that that was the last time we saw Die. Yeah, I think Passenger might cool. be I Die. Think, I think you might have you might have got it there. That's my theory, folks. Wow. Take it with a grain of salt. Also, the Temple of Atropos. Yeah, that's it. I googled it. Atropos. Right. Oh yeah. 
So, the Mori, as like a name, I think it's pronounced Mori, mm. are nicked wholesale from ancient Greek religion right. and mythology. Okay. Right? So, they are incarnations of destiny. I'm reading... I, it was difficult to take it in because it's so ethereal. And yeah. so, you know, it's not like in, in the Bible where it's like, that means good or bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. There's, there's lots of, you know, areas in between. Um, they're, they're incarnations of destiny. They direct the lives and death of humans and gods. In Greek mythology, Atropos is one of the three fates. Right. This name means unalterable or unturnable, a metaphor for death. So the first fate, the spinner, spins the thread of life. The allotter, the second one, as in drawing someone's lot, measures the thread of life attached to each person. And finally, Atropos, the inevitable, cuts the thread of life, choosing the manner of each person's death. And like, it, like if Chris Chibnall is actually very good at conjuring up alien mm. names and terms, yeah. you know, very much like um, Russell T. Davis when, you know, uh, that... Dan Starkey Sontaran mentions the Shadow Proclamation and he, he reads out the, yeah. the, the the writ sort of thing. He's very good at that. That I don't think he would have just gone through list of Greek names and gone back. Yeah. He could have come up with something completely different. And yeah. I, I think the fact that Atropos actually means something and it's, you know, the whole destiny, cutting someone's line, death, yeah. that kind of thing. I, I kind of feel like it might be linked to something like that, but there's nothing really else in the story to get you, get a grip on. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, that is an inference, that is a direct reference or whatever. That's really interesting that you should say that about Chris Chibnall's way of coming up with alien things because watching that last night and seeing the little pyramidy thing and seeing the, uh, the Maury stood there, I thought to myself, this version of Doctor Who feels far more it feels far more accepting of showing alien stuff than perhaps I, Moffat or Russell T Davies ever I think was. that I think that is the absolute strength of this run so far yeah everything actually feels alien it's it's more like classic who really yeah, 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 where yeah. you would get weird things whereas I think with Moffat and Russell there was an element of playing it a bit safe where every alien race was like oh well we're sort of human we're human yeah and we sort of we're all we're, from that colony yeah it's you know, all earth it's, colonies it's, yeah, it's, it's all, not like there is a planet where people are just clouds yeah, or whatever yeah you know? and i think you know they kind of tried to do it in rings of akaten and obviously that was all a bit of a cock up but here yeah you know you think oh, okay this is very very alien very sci-fi mm. it feels like doctor who really accepting its sci-fi roots in a way that I think you're right. Have seen it in the past? I think that starts with the ghost monument. I think there's enough yeah. in there that's different visually. Yeah. The fact that, you know, the villains aren't, you know, bipeds. No. Um, and, or, or, they, or they aren't sort of like weird alien creatures based on something on Earth. Yeah. They're rags. Yeah. And, and that's such a... It's, but it's not that kind of... It, it is classic Who. Yeah. In, in, that it's, in that it's really stretching the limits of someone's imagination to design yeah. something like that. But it's, it's also not classic Who in that I don't feel, with the exception of the Weeping Angel scene in last week's episode, there isn't really anything earthly yeah. that you think, I could bump into that in the middle of the street. Yeah. You know, we, seeing aliens running around at night in a built-up suburban area, yeah. 
that scene with the Sontarans singularly failing to hit anything that of was ridiculous. importance was that great. That was so stupid. Proper like, stormtroopers. It was great. Sake, there was like six or nine of them. I know. And they were like, what? What's going on? It was brilliant. But when they're in battle, they can blast those. Yeah, they killed all those men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fine. One fucking bloke running down <laughs> an alley and then they all disappeared. They all disappeared and then they didn't check that car with all the condensation down the yeah. windows as they went past. Um, I... Yeah, I kind of... I've completely lost my train of thought. Fuck, where was I? Aliens. Aliens. I mean, and, Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't, can't really... It was, it was... When I see, like, that running around suburban streets in the middle of the night, I just think of Stolen Earth Journey's yeah, End. Yeah, Because I think that Russell's, Russell's Who, in terms of aliens and threats, did kind of typify alien invasion incursion yeah. in the 21st century. Yeah. Stevens is a lot more cerebral... It's a lot more metaphorical. And Chibnall's is like the slightly twisted and the, like the I don't recognise that as anything yeah. earthly. And that's what makes it frightening. If you were dropped on desolation, you wouldn't have a clue what to do. Yeah. Because the the sand can kill you. The the sea is made acid. of acid. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's that kind of Terry Nation way of like yeah. everything is deadly and you need to be really careful. It's a frightening universe and yeah. anything could... Kill, what, what does um, Ford Prefect say? Everything's trying to do you, kill you, rip you off. You know, it feels like a dangerous universe mm. in, in Chris Chibnall's Who, but I'm, I'm really glad you picked up on, yeah. on the alienness of it all because yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, and I like that. I think it, you know, it feels, yeah, it feels like it's not afraid to be a science fiction series. Yeah, and be yeah, weird. Be strange and, yeah. and look a bit odd. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, we used to get all that kind of crap in old Doctor Who all the time. Exactly. Um, what did you think of Jodie having that time by herself to be in that story and, and maybe just the way that they got rid of, of Yaz and, and Dan yeah I, I think that that really helped her I think it just allowed her doctor to breathe and be the doctor mm. do get on and do stuff and mm-hmm. you know suss out the problem and come up with solutions and all those things you want the doctor to do mm. it just it worked really well it worked in her favour I agree and then there was a weird bit where I thought, my God, you're doing so well. Why is this happening again? When Dan's parents are introduced. Yeah. And I thought, he he can't help himself but to add mm. as many characters as, yeah. as possible to a scene. It, you know, it could have been that Dan had a single parent or whatever, but we've, we've got to have the nuclear family sort of thing. And I saw somebody pointing out on Twitter as a nitpick that apparently the actor playing Dan's mum right. is actually younger than John Bishop. <laughs> Really? Apparently. What? Yeah, apparently. Um, but then Jodie Whittaker's playing like a 9,000-year-old 9, 9, time lord yeah, or whatever, true. so, you know, that's kind of a, a moot point. Yeah, um, how old is Doctor Who now? I don't know. I think, like, the, the official, like, breakdown on the BBC, like, canonically has her as, like, 5,000 or 6,000 years old. Is it? I, it's I a single-digit thousand oh, is it? number, I think. Gert old. Gert old. Well yeah. old, like. Well old. <laughs> um, I, I, I did kind of worry. I was like, oh, God, like, We've just been given the opportunity to breathe, and yeah. we've just got rid of a massive TARDIS team. Yeah. I don't need to see, you know, three more people on screen exchanging dialogue. But they weren't in it for that long. No, they were quite funny. I I liked them, and it was yeah. it, it was actually really enjoyable. Yeah. So you know, even that that kind of thing, where usually you can kind of slap Christian's hands and go like, that is enough. Yeah, actually work fine in this story. Yeah. So what 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 is it that's working here that hasn't worked before? <laughs> Is it that the story just has a bit more peril? It's a bit bigger? Yeah, maybe it's that. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just been really good, hasn't it? The stake, Yeah, the stakes are higher. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, even even if you took away the Azure and Swarm stuff and all the Flux stuff, like the Sontaran stuff alone was really bloody good. Mm-hmm. You know, all the mm-hmm. stuff with jo- uh, with John Bishop, with Dan. I really like Dan. Yeah. Dan's good fun. Yeah. Carvanista's back. Carvanista's back. That was like a nice yay yeah. moment. Yeah, you know? he's good. I love their little they've relationship got really that they've got going on. It's like, it's Han Solo and Chewie. It is Han Solo. Scouse, Han Solo <laughs> and Chewie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, it's just good characters. Yeah. I think the characters are just really good and likeable. I suppose, while Vinda hasn't had a lot to do. No. Um, I did think that he intervened at the right time with that yeah. you know when he pulled his gun out I thought this isn't out of character he's obviously gone for his gun earlier yeah um, and that's the first indication that we see he's armed mm. so he obviously needs that weapon for something day to day yeah um, do we think we're any I mean we're not really any closer to finding out who he is but did, did you think any any more of, of his character and what he might be I are mean, we still thinking division agent possibly division division is the only thing that <coughs> springs to mind because mm. they're being very coy about who he is yeah um, they've literally not said anything they've not said anything so I assume it's going to be division related Outpost, Outpost Rose wasn't mentioned this week no something gets said about oh he says he, he's, he refers to his home planet yeah and I thought hmm mm. have you said that deliberately because you're going to turn around and say I'm from I'm Gallifrey. Gallifrey yeah um, he's disgraced a disgraced mm. and discharged and all that kind of stuff yeah and, like that sounds like the sort of shit the Time Lords would do. They exile people they all the time. They exile people all the time. And he's... So he's been exiled onto that station yeah. to do that job because he's he's done something in the past yeah. that has disgraced him. Yeah. And, and they've just said, well, we're just going to stick you on this ship. As, as penance, basically. Yeah, and you're just like, going to look at stars for the rest of your natural. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, like, that. that's a nice setup for a character because then he might... Well, he's seen it all. He wants to go yeah. out and do it and all that mm. kind of stuff. But it does sort of... In that final scene, which we'll obviously get to, the cliffhanger, um, with, with Yaz, I think we have one shot of him with the makeup on. Yeah. Obviously, all the tension is rightly on Yaz yeah. because, you know, she's one of the long... She'll be one of the longest-serving companions, companions, at least for the yeah. new series, I think. Um, so, yeah, like, really weird to, to kind of see him ignored in that sequence. Like, yeah. I think Dan's kind of stood on that side of the room. Yeah. But Dan doesn't really seem to be engaging in, in this situation either no um, that was the only sort of thing I could nitpick about the cliffhanger which we'll get to but yeah. obviously was brilliant um, one other little scene that I really liked um, Williamson in this story were you expecting him to pop up no here? I wasn't I was surprised and yeah. then it sort of because I remember last week you know I turned around and said oh he didn't need to be in this mm-hmm. but then obviously he popped up again I was like oh okay so he is more important so there is yeah. there is a thread there mm. Uh, now, we know that he's making these tunnels, he's building these tunnels under Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And obviously where they were was sort of quite labyrinthine anyway. Yeah. And he, I'm sure he said something about, oh, it all keeps shifting. Yeah. Now, yeah. do we think that the tunnels that he's building has somehow linked to this planet on time and maybe he was just walking through his tunnels and, it, oh, I've just ended up here? Possibly. Maybe not in the same way, whereas Yaz and Vinder teleported or whatever yeah because they they see well i i suppose because they're all from very separate parts of time the the, the inference is they've been drawn together in the same way the yeah. same thing has brought i mean the flux yeah the flux has drawn them together but 
I, I just think until I get a bit more context on the flux mm. and what its rules are, yeah. what it what it does, I, that's, again, difficult for me to sort of pin down. Because I think this Williams, Williamson bloke must be aware of the flux. He may not know what it is, but obviously he said in the last episode something about all... Oh, There's you know, a cataclysm. cataclysm and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's that... I'd like to say, oh, oh the, the the guy who's who's playing Williamson, I think played that scene with Yaz really, really well. Yeah. Because you can tell before he even kind of questions her, he knows he's not in his own time. Yeah. So there is some understanding that he could possibly move between, you know, time yeah. and, and space. So he obviously knows a little bit more than he's letting on or mm. that we suspected he would know about that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I just thought that way that they, they played that scene and, and Yaz um, and Amanda Gill's performance, she's obviously channeling the police officer thing yeah. and calls him sir. Yeah. And Chris Chibnall does write kind of historical dialogue quite well. Mm. Like, I like his yeah. his use of language. It's very yeah. Bob Holmes, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. He likes using those kind of Victorian yeah. terms. Yeah, whereas I think maybe Russell and Stephen didn't really do that so much they were just like no, oh we'll just write them as normal modern people yeah because that's because Shakespeare's equivalent would have been shut your big fat mouths you yeah know, it would have been that he sort would, of thing yeah but I prefer the, the Chibnall way of doing it it makes I'm, it feel like you're in a different place you yeah know? it doesn't make you feel like you're walking down you know yeah. Old Market on a you know Saturday night like, yeah um, what would the doctor do mm. did you like that I like that yeah I can see people getting that tattooed I think that's something that that the, the, this this iteration of the show is given yeah. that the Russell and Moffat eras were good at generating sort of like Tumblr memes for yeah and you know besides the Thasman shipping I don't think there's been a lot for people to sort of latch onto as like an iconic bit of that show yeah I think we're going to get a lot of that from this season but I think that is a big one yeah I think that one's going to go down quite well yeah and I, going uh, back to what you said about Yaz and her police training yeah I like that that's sort of come into the fray a little bit more I mean only very slightly yeah but it's nice to be reminded of oh you know this is what her day job was exactly she knows how to walk into a situation like there's this. a lot more that could have been done with that though. yeah you know like when we when the trailer for Resolution came out and that police car chase yeah. scene or whatever we thought it was uh, popped up um, and we thought, oh, Yaz is going to be able to do something cool and yeah. like an action set piece. And she hasn't really yeah. had that. We haven't yeah. seen like uh, the physical side of her police training coming yeah. in. But we it's, don't really need to, I guess. She's basically a PCSO, isn't she? Yeah, it's a shame, really, because you think... Again, this was... A, the, the issue I had was that there were too many companions. Yeah. And you sort of think... Think of how many situations where her ability to walk into a room and be like, right, okay. Let's settle this. Let's yeah, sort of you know, what's happened here. How good would that have been? Yeah, you know, yeah. Especially, you know, the doctor could have been like, yes, sort this lot out. I'm going off over here to get but, on with but that, this. But that's, that's why their balance works. Because yeah. the doctor isn't particularly good at talking to people anyway. Yeah. And so you need somebody there to do, you do the small talk. You know how to talk yeah. to humans sort yeah. of thing. And I, I think that's where Yaz did shine in this story is that yeah. kind of like she's actually taking command yeah. of a situation for the first time really the first time that I can think of where yeah. she's actually commanded a moment yep. and I'm sure there have been smaller moments but for a large portion of this episode of course she's on her own mm. and so seeing her almost well playing the doctor she's pretending to be the doctor mm. and I think that you buy that she's managed to I mean she can fly the TARDIS she can co or co-pilot it at the very least yeah so I think that even though 
it was shaky ground for Yasmin Khan to begin with and her tenure with the program. Yeah. I think that she will end up when people when she does eventually leave. I think it will be a uh, she she would have been a really good foundation for this run yeah. as a companion. Yeah, and I think that yeah, uh, you know, Amanda Gill is obviously a, a great performer, but I, I I think she will have fully grown into that part mm. come the time of, of of next next year's centenary special. Yeah, you know, um, I did find that a bit about the flux, the line the line of dialogue um, from the Doctor. The Doctor doesn't believe the fallout from the flux is powerful enough to change history so much right um, like Russia and China becoming Sontar on the map mm. that was a great moment that was really cool I, I thought it was really lovely timing yeah it's like I, I know when it pans across there's going to be something that's not there but yeah. you, I was not expecting China so and Russia to be gone <laughs> yeah that was really cool um, but she doesn't get to the bottom of the course here and her musings on it when she's like blah blah blah, blah. the 13th Doctor it, does a lot of that yeah and I've been trained over the last two years that Actually, what she's saying doesn't matter. It's technobabble. Mm. But I'm now actually trying to follow the meaning of this because mm. every bit of information we get about the flux or every bit of information that they deduce is important to the context yeah. of the show. So now when the Doctor does do all that technobabble stuff, stuff, it is taking two or three re- mm. rewatches for me to go like, I'm grounded in it now. I get yeah. what this is. I'm just thinking about going back to the Maury and their influence on time yeah. if they are damaged and this little pyramid creature whatever they're called turned around and said something like oh time is evil and yes. it goes after its own yeah 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 is this why the TARDIS is being cocked up because the TARDIS is connected to time right and so it's now being affected in a bad way mm. perhaps this is tied into how the Sontarans were able to do it because mm. time is being cocked up because the planet time is yeah, yeah, going, you know so perhaps it's not necessarily connected to the flux like the doctor said mm. but perhaps there is a why it's connected to this other strand of the story how many sides are there of the TARDIS console six on oh, there's six those things isn't there in the temple oh shit and there's it's like a platform yes I think there's about enough room in the middle of that to have a police box land mm. or, a, or a Type 40 type capsule land in the middle of it. What if they are the original like engines of, of, of time, time travel? Yeah, yeah. And they can, if they're conduits and they can yeah. process the force and the energy of time, yeah. they, are like, they are like a literal eye of harmony mm. or they're like a time rotor yeah. or whatever. Like maybe, I just feel like the, the number of them and the sides of them that aren't working. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's not like a pattern that we'll have to remember which ones aren't working. Yeah. But I like it's there's elements of this that I'm thinking are might seem superficial, but are but actually I think it must quite be important. all connected. Yeah. 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 I think it's been very clever mm. if that is the case mm. because it does seem like after Swarm kills because he killed two of them. He kills two of them to replace them with Vinder and Yaz. Yeah, and then when we next see the TARDIS. You've got these weird spikes growing out and the ooze. Oh, they, they have died by that point, haven't yeah, they? So, yeah. yeah, so and then, and then we see that the TARDIS is even more cut. And he up. says, terrible for the TARDIS. He did, didn't he? Yes. So it, it, that, the, yeah. that specifically is affecting the TARDIS for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it is just something to do with time. Mm. But I, I do think maybe this is being written in a way, and I, I don't know necessarily if shows are written specifically to this end, Right. where we all on Twitter two weeks after the show's finished go it was there the whole time yeah, it's yeah. been mentioned yeah. or like did you guys notice like you know 
a week before the finale that this number of things corresponds to this number of things. Mm. I think there might be a moment or two like that yeah. in this run that kind of make us go, whoa. Because the whole, you know, it didn't maybe didn't pan out the way that it was expected to, but the whole find the doctor thing yeah. is almost kind of training you to connect dots and to see patterns in things. And, I, and I'm sure there'll be a reveal or two that for the people paying attention will really hit home. Yeah. You know, maybe not to a... Yeah. whole audience but it might give you an indication of what's to come or a big reveal or something I think this will be a good serial to go back and watch once the la- this the last episode is aired it'll yeah. be good to go back and watch it and go ah yes okay so now I can really follow this thread and oh yeah that was like you exactly. said that was there yeah I think I think this this brings us on to a really important conversation because this is the first time we've seen a continuation mm. do we just do Doctor Who like this now yeah buddy do it it's so good it's so good oh, it's so nice ending with a cliffhanger every week and it means that yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the cliffhanger yeah I, um, it's probably the best cliffhanger of the new series I think for impact yeah for like a proper it, kind of like shit I've got a, like yeah. is Yaz dead yeah 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 Radio Times your clickbait articles are bullshit <laughs> that whole thing about yeah. next time trailers are ruining what's gonna like it's it's like it's like you know the fourth doctor being pulled apart in the leisure hive yeah well, it's yeah, alright Tom Baker will be back next week yeah um, and that's part of the fun of the show is yeah, that we, we know that everything's that, gonna be alright but how, how how is it gonna happen exactly yeah. how are they how do they get out of this one exactly that's the fun that's the fun of it that is, that is yeah. uh, the, cliff, the cliffhanger is the how is that gonna get resolved exactly and a thank you to everybody who commented, who doesn't follow me, who let me know that between 1963, I don't know if you knew this, between 1963 and 1989, Doctor Who was serialised. Oh, really? Yeah. Gosh, I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't know that. It's not like I've I've watched every like episode of the show, you know. Um, <laughs> the freak was saying this to you? Multiple people who don't, because like, that, that tweet I did got quite a few retweets, I think, and I think people who don't follow me were, were getting it pop up on their feed or they were right. searching for Doctor Who or something. And it was like, well, thank you for pointing out to me that Doctor Who... It's because you're young, It's because I'm young, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't have possibly yeah. watched If you were grey. Exactly, <laughs> if I was a grey-haired man, I probably would have known better, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that this... Because you take a show like Stranger Things, mm. you've got that you've got that, that setting, that yeah. conceit nailed down now. Yeah. You know the setup. the characters are going to be coming back every year, yeah. you're going to get the same kind of beats that you look for. It's going to, you know, in that kind of Doctor Who thing, you always want the cliffhanger, you always want the TARDIS reveal, you always want beauty shots of Daleks, you always want blah, 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 blah. I think that's why that, that whole this is the most Doctor Who-y feeling Doctor Who in a long time. Mm. I think it's coming from the fact that it's hitting those beats yeah. every week because yeah. the structure complements Doctor Who yeah I know some people have said that they would prefer to have the odd standalone story and I think you can I don't know if this is the best example of being able to have a standalone story within a serial no um, because I know the kind of standalone story people are talking about and, yeah. and there, there was too much of the flux in this yeah I think next week is going to be very flux heavy yeah I think if you if you were to do a standalone story in this serial it would be like the Feast of Stephen in the Daleks Master Plan exactly like, it would have to be like a, a break from the action yeah and, and then you would have most of the audience going why am I what, I don't want to see I know. this arson about I want to see the actual story which is why Doctor Who probably does work better in this format on a streaming service yeah because 
oh, it's the filler episode. I can skip this one. Yeah. In the same way that like the X-Files would have Monster of the Week. Yeah. But if you... I've always wanted somebody to like compile a list of X-Files where like I need to watch this episode, this episode, and this episode for the story. Yeah. And then that one because it's a good Monster of the Week or that yeah. one because it's a standout episode. But you could probably cut however many... What was it? Eight or nine seasons of the X-Files. You could probably cut it down to a really tight three seasons or something. Yeah. If you cut out the, the filler stories. Yeah. And, you and know, Buffy's the same. Buffy yeah. was the same. You know, that's monster of the week. Exactly. For a lot of it, unless you've got like arky stuff that's going on around. E- exactly. It. And the arc, the arc when you know the, the the reliance on the audience was to tune in week after week. Yeah. Um, in the Russell T Davis and the Stephen Moffat era, I, I think that vote Saxon Torchwood thing works there. Yeah. Come back each week. Yeah. We'll give you a little bit more, but television channels and networks could rely mm. on the audience being there every week. Yeah. I think what we'll see hopefully with the 28-day consolidated viewing figures is that people are viewing this in much the same way I think it's been produced for, which is the context you binge watch yeah. this. Like yeah. my other half has been binge watching you. Mm. You sit down, It's a, it, that's a serialised story. Yeah. Most Netflix dramas are they serials. Are. Yeah. And, and I think that people don't really realise yeah. that that's the structure. But it's the, the same with way. so much of television now. I know. You know. Game of Thrones, they always ended on a big, on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Any any drama, vigil, this is yeah, something, yeah. you know, they yeah. all ended on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. you know. And that, and you know that felt very Doctor Who-y. Yeah. When you have a big cliffhanger, you're like, yeah, this is this is what Doctor Who needs. So for for Doctor Who to now have it back, you know, like like you said, it worked back in 2005 to have the Monster of the Week stories because that is how television was digested. But television has evolved, and Doctor Who didn't move with it. Doctor Who was still doing these Monster of the Week stories, and you know, it felt like well, I can miss one and it won't matter. Whereas with this. You don't want to miss it because you've got a great hook and you know there is a, a very strong arc going throughout the whole story, more so than, say, Bad Wolf or, you know, that was like, ooh, what does it mean? What's mm. the mystery? But this is like, shit, if I miss what's going on, I'm knackered. And I think I think I mentioned this in, in another video recently, uh, in, in the Matt Smith double bill, the complaint that I always got from friends who weren't Doctor Who fans but were casual members of the audience, the viewing public, the complaint I always got from them was, if I miss an episode, it's really hard to catch up. Yeah. And I think for, maybe maybe it's just a generational thing, but for a certain generation of viewer, that mystery box, vote sacks and torture mm. thing, actually doesn't work. Yeah. And so if you do miss an episode of series six, yeah. in the middle of series six, I don't know how you're going to claw your way back into no. understanding it without watching it back. Yeah. And most people don't have the time or the energy or care enough about Doctor Who to go, I'll watch that on repeat or should we watch that on catch yeah. up tonight? And I, I still don't, don't understand Series 6 and I've no. watched it several times. No. I think, th- but th- this is the thing. And then now I'm worried with Russell T. Davis coming in mm. that he'll throw out the baby with the bathwater. Oh, I see, yeah. And I'm worried that everybody's going to want it to be just like it was set up yeah. back then. Yeah. When what I think they should be doing is thanking Chris Chibnall, getting on their knees yeah. and thanking him and going, this is how Doctor Who has done yeah. them. Thank you very much. For, and, you know, if you can expand it to 10 episodes, yeah. I'll give you two mm. standalone stories with no relation to the plot that are in the middle yeah. for a mid-series bump. There's your mid-series bump. Yeah. And, that, I, and I am slightly worried with this one, we're not going to get that. Because mm. I, 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 that's a lot to do with the promotion of the show. Yeah. And the fact we're getting episode titles 
quite close to the air dates. Yeah. So we can't predict necessarily. I mean, Village of the Angels. Yeah. That you know, having having a, and having a six episode series. I, 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 I think that the viewing figures, the overnights mm. for this series, I think they're going to be quite disappointing. You think, yeah? Because I don't think that you can you can still promote the show in the way that Russell did, where you have that mid-series bump and that everybody knows, oh, by week six, there's a Dalek story. Yeah. Great, we can tune in for that one. This doesn't have that. No. The Cybermen are in next week's story. Yeah. You could slip them in the title, could have advertised it a bit earlier that they were going to yeah. be in it. Okay, we only knew during the next time mm. trailer for this story that they're in it next yeah. week. I just think that that mid-series bump and that, that way that Russell can tailor a show for publicity's yeah. sake... I, it's not there. And I do wonder actually how much the Cybermen are going to be in it next I week. I don't think they're going to be in it I think it's going to be like it, because we keep seeing that same clip. I yeah. think it's just going to be like, oh, weird things from time and space are just come into this place. Oh, there's some Cybermen. Quick, run down this corridor. Exactly. Oh, delete, delete, delete. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. We, went, we went around the corner and they buggered off. Exactly. Also, we've run out of stuff from that trailer. We haven't seen the Ood yet. Haven't seen the Ood, true. But that's the, I think that's literally the only thing we possibly haven't seen. I believe so. I'm, I'm sure somebody can... Someone will tell us point that we're wrong. Out. But um, a whip pan that we've missed. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah. I think everything's covered now, isn't it? So it's uh, Once Upon Time next, next week. week. yeah. Then it's... Uh, oh, of course, the planet is time. The planet upon is ta- time. It makes sense ah. now. There we go. Um, I thought he was conjuring that shit Christmas special or New Year's. Oh, yeah. where, where was, it, was it New Year's or Christmas special? That that was Christmas. That's oh, too depressing to be a Christmas story. What was that called? Twice upon a time. Twice upon a time. Oof. Yeah, uh, we'll do that next Christmas. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think they've nailed Doctor Who's format for mm. the for going forward now. Yeah. I, I absolutely want this to be. I, yeah, I want the clip. Doctor keep Who. Keep those bloody cliffhangers. I'm a bit miffed that it's just three specials next year. Yeah, me too. Because they'll, they'll, they won't be. They can't be. It's too. They're too far apart. Yeah, for it to they'll be really have to be connected. Yeah, they'll have to be standalone specials. So I was saying this to Johnny. I think what will probably happen is so we'll have this flux. Yep. Which ends on I think the fifth of December. Yep. Yeah. And then we will have 1st of January, New Year's Day. A special. Special yeah. Dalek story. It'll be the last of the New Year's Dalek stories. Yeah. Because we know they've shot a Dalek story. I, w- I, I really hope that that... But, but in production... Hang on. In, in the production... When did they wrap? Because that, that was the last... Some of the last stuff they shot, wasn't it? Was for, was for that Dalek story? Have they got... Have they enough time to have finished shooting that stuff they were doing on the harbour? And cut it for New Year's. I think this has been recorded in such a way that because it's because it was all shot all at once. Mm. I don't think it. I think they've just been like, right, we're going to shoot a bit of this one, fine, bit of that one. Okay, you know, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's just been, especially with COVID. Yeah. However, they could get around it because I was saying, funnily enough, I was having this conversation. Well done to with, your production managers and production I know. coordinators. Cause... Watching that, I, every time I watched it this, this afternoon, I was thinking to myself, "Can I see that this was shot during COVID?" No, not at all. No, not at all. I haven't got a clue. I know that you know, Telly had special dispensation in a lot of respects. Yeah. You know, and, and like because. I think it was the stuff they were filming on that beach that is yet to appear that mm. involved a weeping angel and Jodie on a beach. Um, there was that guy who took a photo and was like, none of the Doctor Who crew are social oh, distancing. I remember him, yeah. But it's like, you know, they, they all would have taken... and stuff. They would have quarantined, they would have been in bubbles, they would have been in cohorts, they would have been doing two tests a week at the very least because I'm still having to do like two or three COVID tests a week and, you know, I've got a stinking cold, but 
you know, I'm working in an environment yeah. where I, I get ill quite a lot for the show. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just like, it's just a thing. And you just do COVID tests now. So they must have been doing COVID tests maybe twice a day yeah. at that point yeah. with no vaccine. I mean, Dan Starkey said, oh, I had to have a COVID test in full Santara makeup. He's, you know, so they, they were doing what they had to do. They, you know, yeah. they, they, were, they were following the rules and the All guidelines. All of the precautions, yeah. Um, you know, we haven't heard any stories of like, oh my God, Jodie Whittaker's got COVID from filming Doctor Who. No. You know, nothing like that. No. Um, so it seems like it was incredibly safe and yeah. Fair, just fair play to them. Amazing, incredible, actually, mm. that they've been able to produce something this good with, with all that going on. I think that's the other layer of it, isn't it? It's mm. like they could have. It's like they've thrown absolutely everything yeah. at it. Is it? Is it? Is it a thing that we just have with the new series Doctors, where their last seasons tend to yeah. get it right? I mean, yeah. series four. I mean, I, I take series three over series four. Same. Series, I know a lot of people really like series four, but I, yeah. I prefer series three. Series seven, I take five over seven, but seven yeah. is a marked improvement. Improvement over six, and then ten is the it, best of Capaldi's run. Yeah, you get yeah yeah ten is good. You have so, you so have two, a, out, you, two out of four, fifty fifty. Yeah yeah, ten's good. You get that monk trilogy, which is poo, and then you have that exactly eaters of light, which is yep. poo. But otherwise, yeah, a strong series, generally speaking. Um, but, and especially for the Doctor, mm. Capaldi had found his feet in that series. Not just him, but the, the writers the, the, yeah, had the, found they, they, right, they found the balance, the balance between him being a bastard and him being very amiable and yeah. charming and grandfatherly. And um, yeah, and then obviously it seems like with this series they've done the same with Jodie. Yeah. Um, yeah, but god damn it, keep those bloody cliffhangers because it's so good. It just yeah. felt like proper Doctor Who. Yeah. I, I I was just sat there thinking this feels like an old Doctor Who story. Mm-hmm. This it's the it's the most Doctor Who Doctor Who has felt. Yeah, uh, and every comment that I've seen from people, you know, everybody's basically been saying um, it feels like Doctor Who, and I watched it. Yeah, the majority of the the replies I was getting to some of the tweets that I did last night were people who don't have Doctor Who as their profile photos, mm. have never expressed an interest in Doctor yeah. Who apparently in the last like two years, and then yeah, tweeting. Yeah, yeah. If, they've, if they've not tweeted much, I'll just scan through it and see if they've tweeted anything. These are genuine members of the public mm. who are searching for Doctor Who on Twitter because they caught it last night. Yeah. Who are saying it's really good. Yeah. And this is the best that it's been for as long as they could remember. Yeah. So it's not just us Doctor Who fans that no. think this is really good. The NMDs love it. <laughs> yeah. And that is quite something. I mean, yeah. they're not going to be happy that Jodie Whittaker's on screen. But because when, whenever she appears on screen, they're, you know, what, what is left of their manhood shrivels inside of them. <laughs> it's just this bizarre thing where there is no denying yeah. this is really good. Yeah. It's just quality stuff. Yeah. It's quality television. And, it, you know, it's, it's such a relief that it's just positive. And it's quite nice watching it with my mum because mm. yeah. know, she's not a Doctor Who yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my favourite anecdotes about my watching Doctor Who is watching the Claws of Axos, that bit when there's the axon in the nuclear reactor and he's on all fours and he's sort of going... When it goes all slow motion. Yeah, and it's like flopping around on the floor. Um, I remember my mum walked in and she was like, that's just a man in a duvet, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, that's not, that's just so stupid. I was like, oh, mum. You've ruined it. You've ruined it. But... You know, even she, she watched it and she said, gosh, she said that was really good. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she was like, that That was one of the best in a long, long time. She said, I can't remember when Doctor Who was last as, as, as good as it was tonight. And she said, and, and last exactly. week. She exactly. enjoyed last week's as well. My other half has only been introduced to Doctor Who through Jodie's run. Yeah. And 
I, I ever, you know, I'm much the same as you, I'm sure. I mean, maybe it was just me last night because I was exhausted. But I was watching the telly with my mouth open when that last sort of mm. last segment was happening. Yeah. And when Swarm vaporized that first Maury. Yeah. And I just turned to her and I said, they're bastards. They're, and, and, and it was just this proper, yeah. I can't wait for them to get their comeuppance. Mm. And you're, I, I think this comes back to exactly what you said at the start. Doctor Who is only as good, or a Doctor. Yeah. Let's just say Doctor Who as a whole. Yeah. It's only as good as its villains. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you, you think, when, when have the peaks of Doctor Who been? Mm. It's been, you know, the early 60s Dalek mania. Yeah. It's been the, you know, the incredible cavalcade of monsters you get in the 70s. Mm. Every episode, it's a different, yeah. incredible alien creature. Yeah. In the 80s, g- genuinely, with the exception of Daleks, Cybermen, and the Master... Sharas Jack. Yeah. There's not that much. No. Tractators. Yeah. Teraleptils. Yeah. A lot of T's. Uh, you know, tetraps. <laughs> tetraps. There's yeah. a lot of T's in there. And I'm not discrediting or saying any of that stuff's rubbish. No. I'm just saying that when Doctor Who feels like it's at its best, it's when it's got villains like Swarm and Azur and and Passenger. Yeah. And a setup like this. Yeah. And I I'm I cannot wait for next week. Yeah. And the week after, and the week after. Yeah. I, I, though I did say before I left, the tragedy of enjoying Doctor Who... I saw that is, tweet. you know it could take one line of dialogue or one scene and the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. Watching those um, uh, Matt Smith episodes, mm. you know, I'm enjoying this. One line of dialogue that yeah. I remember, ruined. Cocked it up, yeah. Ruined. Oh, that didn't get wrapped up. Ruined. Yeah. Every time when I watch this back when I see Williamson, am I going to be going, what was that about? Mm. And I'm, you know, that is the fear. Yeah. Because we're so we're so conditioned to Doctor Who having elements of it that you can nitpick to the nth degree. Yeah. But actually, things that haven't quite worked. Yeah. But this is Doctor Who firing on all cylinders here, and you just you just desperately don't want it to drop the ball. No. Um, and I, I I get I mean, is there anything else you can think of to say? I don't know. It just just I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. This is the first time in a long time. Where I've, I, I there's, there is a childlike buzz mm. for me mm. watching Doctor Who again. I it, haven't had that for yeah a decade. You know, I <laughs> you don't, know. I don't go. I there's always that trepidation. I think when you have a favourite thing, where and especially Doctor Who, where you go into it and you think, oh, please let this be a good one. Mm. And then mm. if it ends up being a bit of a damp squib, you're like, oh. It's really disappointing. It's disappointing, isn't it? and you're like, oh. But at the moment, mm. you know, it has surpassed my expectations. Mm. I didn't expect, I, you know, the Sontarans this week, they were fantastic. Chris Chibnall, if I ever meet you, I just want to say, you bloody wonderful man, you fixed the Sontarans. I didn't think it was possible. No. I thought the Sontarans <laughs> were, were co- gone. cocked yeah. up forever I suppose it does go to prove though that that, that can't be the case that can't be you know, the case it's always going to come you know, round again and I kept saying well I kept saying when he's we were doing the Daleks. Daleks he did it with he's the Daleks he's done it with the Cybermen he's done it with the his Cybermen his treatment of classic villains is exceptional yeah because he knows what makes them tick yeah imagine him writing an Ice Warrior story oh my god think about a monster that, that has been that has been done by done hard you know like 
the Silurians probably oh, yeah. the only time he's not quite yeah. nailed it. But, but even that one then, had a lot of problems, didn't it? But uh, and I don't think that was down to him. And I don't think that was down to him. Yeah. So I think that that had a lot of issues. That story and obviously budgetary issues. You know, yeah. I would imagine that when he wrote it, he was thinking of yeah. Silurians proper. Not, yeah, yeah. Not you know yeah. how it ended up ultimately. So. Crikey, I'm bloody hell. If you're going to do a classic Doctor Who story, Russell, get not a classic Doctor Who story, classic monster, get yeah. Chris in. I was thinking, he's I, doing bloody good stuff. I was thinking, you know, when when um, Stephen left, mm. the last thing you want to hear is Chris is getting Stephen to write a story. Yeah, because I, I and you know, it's nothing against Stephen personally. It's just I was so done with that style of writing. Yes, and I was so. I was so convinced that every single time he's going to come back and do something for the show, he's going to, it's just going to be, look at me, it's Stephen Moffat writing an episode of Doctor Who. Because he can't, he can't help himself. Mm. For better or worse, he can't help himself. He has a very particular style. Yeah. And it is, it's not a Doctor Who thing. It is known to anyone who watches any of his programmes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could not have ever seen Doctor Who. No. But you could have watched Sherlock, and if I said, oh, well, that's Stephen Moffaty, oh, it's, a person yeah, who watches Sherlock would know exactly, exactly what that is. Same yeah. with Dracula. Yeah. So it's just, that is just him. It's his, it's his thing. Um, so this is the thing. Russell, if you get Chris back in, you get him to do classic monster stories. Mm. You also get him to do historicals. Yeah, he's Because good at he's also rescued the historical. Yeah. And, uh, you know probably you know you need to have a historical story it's about time travel you need these characters going back to the past but I think that the historical stories have generally been treated with a bit of contempt mm. uh, you know and that's not through anything I know I just think through what you know it's I think it, the BBC does costume drama really well but I think it's generally considered by most people that that's the one I can miss uh, but he's done he's done with the with the, the historical you know stories he has reinvigorated the concept of yeah. them. They can actually be something very different. Yeah. Um, they, they, they can be silly balls out science fiction stories mm. and that also happens to have, you know, Rosa Parks yeah. or, you know. So I think his thing is classic monsters mm. and historical adventures. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure he sticks the landing with the other types of stories. When he tries to do a story that's a bit Stephen Moffaty, or a bit Russell. Yeah. I'm not sure it quite sticks the landing. Yeah. But when when you feel like he's having fun writing this, mm. um, and yeah, his scripts do actually have a life to them. Yeah. And they have a voice. Yeah. I think Chris Chibnall has a voice now, and, mm. and it's an identifiable trait of a Chris Chibnall story would be something. I know. would be fascinated to know what the shape of series 13 was like mm. before COVID. Mm. And what the original plan was, and how much of what we're getting now was originally there. Because yeah. part of me is thinking, well, do we have, in a way, COVID to thank for this series? Has the the restrictions and, all right, well, you can only do this many episodes mm. and you can only have this many people in a scene or mm. whatever the, all the restrictions are, has that made Chris go, right, I have to really put my thinking cap on and how can I use this to my advantage yeah. and has that constructed something really good that well, otherwise might have just been you think like the, series 12 well, exactly you think of the constraints that they were working under in the classic series with yes. literally no money yes. people writing scripts weeks before or days before they were supposed to be shooting yeah. the stories um, you know uh, Douglas Adams cramming 
City, City of, of Death. Death. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's one of the best Doctor Who stories of all time. Yeah. Maybe Doctor Who actually just is produced better when it's under proper constraints. Yeah. When you when you say to somebody we have to do this, mm. but we, we've only got X number of hours or this much money, yeah. but it has to be at this level. Yeah. And everybody brings their A game, because everybody has. Yeah. The cinematography, the direction, the music, yeah. Sega Nakanola's yes. music. Yes, that was another thing I wanted to mention. Love his little Santaran theme is a bit Peter Howley, like yeah. two doctors. Yeah, that, yeah. lots oh. of drums. Yeah, love it. Uh, I also, I think it was just watching it again before I came over. The end credits and, mm. and the music, Sagan's theme tune and the aesthetic of the credits. Yeah. It kind of feels like it has all been building towards the aesthetic of Flux. Yeah. All the, you know, the, the music and the drum beats. It just, there's, there's a, a certain through line and a, and, a, and a vibe to Flux, this kind of end days thing. Yeah. And I don't know why, but the theme tune and the title sequence is really making me feel like, was it all just, was that the aesthetic to mm. begin with? You know, like how much of this was going to be built up towards that? The crystals and the TARDIS, yeah, yeah. the crystal aesthetic, you know, it might be a complete coincidence. Mm. It might not be. But I just feel like everything has fallen into place. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, ugh, we don't know what the first two seasons was, you know, what was the template? If we mm. knew what series 13 would be, untouched by COVID and all the yeah. regulations and things being changed and episodes being cut down, what would it have looked like? Mm. What would it have been? Yeah. You know, I, I think that is would be a fascinating thing yeah. to hear. I guess we have to wait to see until the end whether or not COVID, in fact, was yeah. beneficial, ultimately, if the story turns out to be an absolute classic as a whole. Mm. I think the Chibnall era is going to be one of those where you really want to know, right, what is the warts and all mm. behind the scenes on this? Mm. Because it felt like when Jodie was announced, there was such a clear plan of what was going to be going on, with a writer's room with this or that. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're not a writer's room. That's yeah. something's happened there. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then suddenly, oh, we, we're a five-year plan. Oh, no, we only wanted to do three years. I, I have to say, I did watch, Mr. Tardis did a video. I can't remember uh, which one it was, but he did mention the only time a five-year plan was ever mentioned. Mm. And I, 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 I will uh, asterisk that, but the only time a five-year plan was ever mentioned as, he could, as far as he could see was Jamie Stone, or James Stone, who was a former director for, for the show. I right. think that was his name. He's a friend of Chris Chibnall's. He was somebody who's directed for the show before, said that there's a five-year plan. And that five-year plan quote has only ever been attributed to him right. as far as Mr. Tyler could find it. Oh, okay. But... I'm sure I remember that Liverpool conference. Yeah. There was a mention of five-year Evergreen content yeah, yeah. delivery Yeah, because it was all that bullshit. It was it? all that. I remember Evergreen pipeline, and I'm sure I remember five years being mentioned at that event. But, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, but what, do, so what do you think, you know, if if you were playing, guess the warts and all backstage history of this, this programme, you know, what was... Was Jodie supposed to be doing this for longer, for less time? Was it always going to be ten episodes every year? I mean, I'm sure you know. I'm sure COVID's the BBC, yeah, but yeah. I'm sure the BBC would have wanted yeah. ten episodes every year, at least. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I can't. There must have. Been, it does feel like there's something there. It feels like something happened. It feels very much like mm. something happened mm. that perhaps someone stepped in and said, "No, we don't like that. Mm. Do something else." Mm. 
I, I, yeah. And he's had his hand forced. And, yeah. But maybe now he's just going, fucking let me get on with what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it what seems... What have you got to lose? I know. I, and I know I've said that I really like, you know, the, I really like the Chimney era and Jody's run. But it, do, it does feel like someone has left the stabilizers off. Mm. And, and is, this, is this actually what Chris Chimble has been capable of this whole time? Yeah. Or, like you say, is it the pressures of making this particular run mm. that really made everybody bring their A game and they just, yeah. just lightning in a bottle. Yeah. That series was was perfect. I mean, it's not even done with two weeks in. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, the fact that it's got us talking like this yeah. is a pretty good indication of, yeah. of, of the quality of it, you know? Because yeah, usually when you have a second episode of Doctor Who in recent, in, in like, for all of the new series run, the second episode sort of been like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. End of the world. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, Beast Below. Beast Below. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Monument. Yeah. yeah, smile. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, it's just sort of like the. <laughs> it's a kind of gentle, you know. Let's ease people into the show yeah. outside of an introduction or an earthbound story. Yeah, you know this. This this is Doctor Who week to week is kind of like this. Yeah, um, it's it's a very broad stroke Doctor Who story, mm. isn't it? Um, but again, I don't think that 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 way of thinking this doesn't come into the conversation with Flux because no. that's not what they're doing for the series as a whole or each individual episode doesn't follow that you know pick, a, pick up a companion in contemporary earth once to the past once to the future returning villain mid-series bump with a two-parter uh, Doctor Light episode and a comedy story uh, and then the you know two or three part finale in a Christmas special yeah. that's the template that we've expected and the fact that maybe Chris Chibnall hasn't had like a massive series finale and he's gone let's do Rand Square of Colossus mm. and it feels like a bit of a uh because we expect Journey's End yeah we expect you know Big Bang the Pandora opens yeah and it and that just isn't what he wants to do mm. with his stories that's not the kind of Doctor Who that he wants to produce yeah and maybe finally Flux is it's, that is yeah, what yeah. he's wanted to produce this whole time um I, I think that's that's about as much as we can say, really. Can you yeah. think of anything else? Uh, is there anything we've missed? I'll uh, look through my, my, my list very quickly, but I think that's pretty much Reference it. to links. Reference to links. I said I did say here, welcome back, Dan Starkey. All is forgiven. You know, we'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, you know, it's not his fault, is it's it? Not, it's it's got, not his he, fault, but I've got his... Um, his, his uh, I've got the name of his Sontar in here somewhere. Um, but yeah, that, he, he, was, he was very good. Slid. Slid. Slid, I think his name is, yeah. Um... Yeah, little reference to links. That was fun. And yeah, I think that was really about it. I liked that we finally see the probic vent being used with like it has a use. I and, know. It, and it all ties back into the Sontaran experiment because that is all about oh, he has to go back into his ship and re-energize. Re-energize, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, so yeah. it's like that's being brought back. So it's yeah. nice. It was a nice through line of yeah. of the Sontaran lore. And you know, you, and and also, you know, beyond all of this stuff, beyond the importance of of the show and this season and what it means going forward for the program and uh, and for the history of the show, both on and off screen. Sontaran's on horseback. Yeah, cool. you got you got that. It looked dope. You know, <laughs> you've got this massive sprawling battle. Mm. It, it just you know, there there are things in there to nitpick and there are things to go. Eh, don't know if that quite works. Yeah, and just like last week. We don't actually know if that's intentional or are we supposed to pay attention to this yeah. or not. You know, maybe by the end of it, the, the, the holes will become more apparent. Yeah. But I am taking this as I hope everybody else is. Just, you know, Sunday night, 
switch it on, mm. let it wash over you. Don't think about it too much. Enjoy it as an experience. If you want to, you know, go back in and watch it a second time, you know, I'm doing it for these reviews. Yeah. But also because oh, I missed that line of dialogue. You yeah. Know, the sound mixing actually has been quite poor. Mm. Um, you know, it, it doesn't feel like it's meant to yeah. be heard out of I, speakers I, on in your telly. I found that watching it on the telly not so great. When I'm in the office and I've got my nice headphones editing on. headphones on, oh, I can hear it much better. This is something some people may not know. When you're editing something for television, you usually have a really beautiful pair of like yeah. high quality speakers, and then during the mix uh, and the mastering and stuff, you put it through the cheapest quality desktop speakers and yeah. you know little headphones that you can to make sure that it sounds good for everyone. Yeah, um, I kind of feel like that it hasn't, hasn't happened, happened here. Yeah. It's like it's missed a layer of the mastering yeah. and the mixing that would have brought some of the dialogue yeah. out. You know, same thing with Murray Gold. It's too fucking loud. Yeah. I can't hear a line of dialogue. And I think the trouble is, um, as someone who's edited a lot of stuff over yeah. the years, you do when you're on a project, you 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 hear stuff that other people come. Yeah. In a, in a completely different way. And I remember when I've edited like action figure adventures. I know that's a ridiculous thing to bring up, but I remember being like, oh yeah, this is, sounds fine. Yeah, yeah. And then like showing it to Johnny and being going. I really can't hear what's being said well, then. And you're like, oh, that's because I know those words because exactly. I've heard them a million times without putting the Atmos it's track It's the same on thing when I did Dark Dimension. I was like, actually, yeah, it's not clear they've, they've yeah. been moving around or walking or whatever. Yeah. Um, so when, you know, the, the, the main complaint we have for this story is that the sound mixing wasn't quite as good mm. as it could have been. We're in a pretty good place. Very, very much so. So next week, Once Upon Time. Yeah. We're on the planet Time. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen, Matt? We think that the Cybermen are going to be blinking and miss it. Yeah, I don't think they'll be in it very much. Division, because we've got Division guns. Division, I think, yeah, I think this will be the story that... It won't tell us everything, but it will give us a lot more mm. about Swarm and all of that. Mm. And Vinder, we'll probably find out more about him yep. this time around. Um, the Weeping Angels obviously appear in the trailer. Again, I think that Weeping Angels scene will be... A blink and you'll miss it, sort of thing. I agree. It'll be, it will be a very like, oh, this is a setup for the next story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe, maybe like that's towards the end. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's is the this... last time we see Yaz in that yeah, story. Yeah, or Yaz's going to get zapped by an angel mm. and end up with Claire in the sixties or whatever yeah. year it's. Oh god, Claire as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Claire. Um, she, yeah, she's the drop thread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's the one. Yeah. If if die is passenger. Yeah. Yeah. So this is. Yeah, I think I think next week will be more of a not an info dump, mm. but there will be some the, the pieces will start to come together a bit I think more, so. and then we'll go we'll be derailed by the Weeping Angel story in week four, uh, yeah. maybe another whatever in week five, and then obviously week six. We'll May, the, maybe the maybe the the Angel episode is the standalone, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. You know, because their, their inclusion, you know, the, the Sontarans have used the flux strategically. Yeah. Uh, we've dispensed with the Lupari, you know, we know that they're, yeah. you know, um, fine, you know, that they're goodies. So all you're left with is like, wh why are the Weeping Angels here then? Mm. What's what's their deal? Because... Yeah. And that Ood. <laughs> and, and, the, and the Ood, yeah. Mm. I mean, but again, I think that'll be like a, oh, there's an Ood working on this ship. Yes, I don't it'll think it'll be, it'll be like anything, that. yeah. Um, God, I, it's, it's so exciting to think that... I, I, what I hope happens in, in episode three is that enough questions that we're legitimately aching to have answers for 
do get answered in episode three mm. because it's you just you just want enough yeah to know just to set you a little bit give, give it another two episodes and yeah. the other half of those questions are going to yes. get answered yeah 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 so I, I would like to know more about Swarm and Azure and yeah. and, and maybe Passenger but yeah. I think that they're going to leave that till maybe a little bit later on yeah I'd like to know as much as possible about the Mori mm. and this planet yeah in this story and I kind of want that to be done and wrapped up not, yeah. not, not, not the story but I, I just want to know everything I need to know about that now right. so that I can focus on the flux yeah. because I think the flux you know the show is named after it mm. I just don't feel like I'm getting enough of the event and the actual effect that it's having Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of the crazy shit that's happening with the TARDIS the Mori being damaged and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how much of it is actually to do with the flux. It yeah. feels like there's other things in play that we're not aware of yet. Um, the master. Are we going to get the master towards the end of the mm. series? Yeah. You know, uh, we, we're going to get our contractual obli- obligation Dalek story, hopefully in the New Year special. Yeah. But what else is there still to come? Mm. We've seen so little of this season besides yeah. the youth. Yeah. There's not much else that we have actually seen promo images wise or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And so, Chris said that, didn't he? In all the press stuff beforehand, he said, you know, there's a lot of guest stars that yeah. we haven't announced yeah. and probably won't announce. Are we going to get, a, you know, Ruth? We think Ruth might I think Joe Martin's doctor will turn up. Do I'd we be think we're going to get another doctor? Potentially. It kind of feels like it could be, yeah. they could have done well enough to hide that in this series yeah. that you know David Tennant could be in the last story mm. it kind of feels like there yeah, could yeah, yeah. be a big drop like a whoa I can't believe that this could, yeah. person's come back yeah. Rose you know Rose could come back the Tenth Doctor could come back um, it feels like there's something that could happen towards the end of the series that has a big a big crazy guest star yeah um, it's, it's, it's great to be able to speculate about that stuff now yeah. and care yeah. and be invested it's, it's, it's wonderful yeah. so uh, you know let us know what you thought of Doctor mm. Who Flux are we the only two people in the world that are th- gushing about it this much I don't I'm know. not I sure think, I think Twitter looked pretty good I think, I I think, think everyone seems to like it and I think everyone seems to like Swarm and Azure yeah. you know they're wonderfully camp but wonderfully mm. evil mm. you know mm. she's horrible she's just yeah they're just so horrible the nasty pieces of work yeah, yeah. fantastically acted yeah. fantastically acted by both of them I think yeah. they're just I, Brilliant. Absolutely I don't need brilliant. a big scary monster with a hundred eyes and a million no. teeth to walk into a room and scare me. If they both walked into a room now, I'd I would shit, shit myself. myself. Especially that passenger bloke coming up yeah. behind me. It's like, they'd all fuck me up in very different ways. Yeah. You know, and I do not want to be in this space with them. They're, no. they're just the worst. Yeah. I think that's and it, isn't it? You know, to have that moment where he puts his hands on yeah. his face, yeah. that feels like, wow you've crossed a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that doesn't happen. That's what, that's, you know, the whole thing I was saying about, it feels like they've come from a different programme. Yeah. They, they, they are not abiding by the rules that no, the last no, two seasons is safe. have set yeah. up. And it's the same with the TARDIS. The TARDIS is now horrifically compromised. Yeah. The safe space of the programme is, is, is no, no longer, longer a safe, safe space. Yeah. And our hero is also incredibly compromised because yeah she doesn't have a clue what's going on no. and therefore we empathise with her because we're like if you don't know what's going yeah. on and we don't know what's going on shit Swarm is ahead of the game Swarm is ahead of the game we're, very we're, much we're, so we're seeing enough that you know to, to point towards the fact he's got the strategic advantage mm. he knows he's been here before yeah. he knows what he has to do yeah. to make these things fall into place to you know have the, this final confrontation with the Doctor and ultimately win it Yeah, but we don't know 
any of the stuff that's come before we don't know what's to come and it's really really exciting very exciting really exciting I'll let you do the sign off I feel like I've gushed enough about this I don't know how to wrap it up no you know? well just thank you very much for watching yeah. uh, I hope you enjoyed War of the Sontarans as much as we clearly did mm. uh, and I think you know at the end of the day if my brother turned around and said that was really good he actually said to me because I said um, I said oh I don't know if I'm going to have time to rewatch this and he said oh did you rewatch last week's mm. I said yeah I said I rewatched it ahead well part of it yeah and he said, oh, if you rewatch this one again, I'll watch it with you. And he said, and I haven't rewatched an episode of new series Doctor Who in years. He said, I can't remember that. He said, I did maybe with Christopher Eccleston and mm -hmm. David Tennant at the beginning. He yeah. said, but afterwards, he said, I watched it once and that was it. So for him to say that, and then for him to also say, Jodie Whittaker was good, wouldn't she, in this, this week? <laughs> what is going on? There, there is a real flux going that on. Is a, yeah. That is, yeah. That is, you know, that's the real flux, is that Doctor Who is <laughs> really good again. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, thank you all very much for watching, and we'll see you, and you'll hear us, and... Whatever. Yeah, next, next week. time. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs>